0: Hey, Amy.
1: Yeah, Juan. Give me that beat.
0: It's Baseball
1: Shangri-La
0: with Amy Cuevas and Juan Ramirez. What's up, party people? This is another episode of Baseball Shangri-La. She is Amy Cuevas. I am Juan Ramirez. Let's get the business out of the way. Make sure you're following us on social media on X at BB Shangri-La on Instagram threads and Twitch at baseball Shangri-La. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Look, it's been three days in a row that we have dropped episodes. I cannot make promises to you that this is going to continue or when will it happen again? But this is why it's important that you guys follow us on social media, or you subscribe to the YouTube channel, because then when we do drop an episode, you will automatically be notified. Right, Amy?
1: Pretty much. And we've got—I'll be out of town for spring training at some point next week, so our schedule is going to be all over the place. So yeah, subscribing is your best bet.
0: <laughs> so let's go ahead and start the show the way we always start the show with our base running blunders, Amy. Do we have any brace running blunders from the past episode or previous episodes?
1: I do. So you had brought up the the video that was either staged or not. There, there was a reenactment of some of the Giants fans reacting to Shohei's at-bats yesterday. And you were you were absolutely correct. <clears throat> you were right. I'm
0: sorry, what? What?
1: You were right. You
0: were right. I like it when you sing it to me, but what?
1: <laughs> you were right.
0: Yeah, the whisper. I need the whisper.
1: (laughs) So there were actually two videos. You were correct. And I think in my multitasking yesterday in shutting down from work, getting ready for the podcast, I think I saw both of them and then crossed them because the original one was of Shohei hitting the home run. And then everybody in the room was bummed. And then the guy walks in the, the office door and he's just like, hey, you know, whatever. And he says something about the game and everybody's pissed off boos him out of the room somebody even yells like why is this wall blue like dodger blue there's a second video where shohei strikes out at the plate um and everybody is cheering obviously because he struck out and the guy walks back into the room and he's like yeah it's spring training i crossed both of those videos um i thought they were cheering for the home run which is what totally confused me so that's my base running blender i think i watched both and then just drew (laughs) synopsis of, of them both together. Um, but you were correct. There is one where they are bummed that he hit a home run. There is one where they are excited that he struck out.
0: Uh, I'm going to challenge, uh, that, uh, that, that call, uh, because I don't think you deserve a base running blunder for that because the first video I saw was the one where Shohei struck out. So there is a question as to which video came first. Now, if they did it in sequence, then the first video was the one where Shohei struck out because that was his first at-bat. So I think there was two videos. I think the problem is, is when you the fact that timelines are not in chronological order on social media, that's I don't know if we have time to get into that in-depth analysis on that as to why. I feel like there was a time and maybe this is going back to Facebook where your timeline was in chronological order and you were seeing things. But somehow, I don't know when, we just decided to live in chaos and anarchy rules.
1: Algorithms and chaos.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So everything is out of sequence now. So I can't give you a base running blunder if the home run one was the the first one that you saw. No, but see, I'm going
1: to challenge your challenge, and I blended them. How dare you challenge my challenge? Oh, I, I did. If I had, what was that scene in Robin Hood Men in Tights where he took the the suit of armor and he just smashed the guy across the face? You're going to um, challenge me to a duel? I am. Uh, I, actually, I I blended them, though. So I after whichever one I saw, or maybe I saw both of them and then moved on to the next thing that I was doing, in my head, I saw them cheering for the home run which is why I was confused. Cause I was like, why would they be cheering that he hit a home run? So that, that is my blunder totally on me, but there are two videos. So, I mean, you can go watch both of them either way. Shohei struck out and he hit a home run and he's on the Dodgers. So
0: <laughs> look, I'm not going to let it slide that you made a Robin hood men in tights reference here. I also and love
1: I- that movie. Mm. Okay,
0: I have to defend my honor because again, I got another message from one of our viewers slash listeners saying i am a movie snob that i am a movie elitist look there are parts of robin hood men and tights that make me laugh but That's i will art. say yeah i i wouldn't put robin hood men and tights in the same category look the pantheon is blazing saddles and young frankenstein
1: sure but they're decades apart so to me they're there you can't even compare them they're not well, even of this you can't draw a comparison
0: but I'm trying to set the levels of, okay. of Mel Brooks, right? So, I put, you know, to me, you know, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein are are at the on the top shelf, right? Spaceballs, I, I love Spaceballs. Like Spaceballs, really makes me laugh. I would put Robin Hood, Ben and, and Men in Tights, in the shelf right underneath Spaceballs. Would would you say that? First of all, have you seen Spaceballs?
1: I have I have I've probably so seen you, Robin Hood Men in Tights more than Spaceballs because I've probably watched it a million times. But So you don't agree
0: yeah. with my assessment.
1: No, no, no. I do. I Spaceballs is a great movie. I just haven't watched it as much because I I am more drawn to Robin Hood Men in Tights. I just I grew up watching Prince of Thieves with, because my brother loved it. He was younger and he watched it on loop. So when Men in Tights came out, it was relevant and it made me laugh and it was like, "Oh god, I don't have to watch Kevin Costner one more time." So for me, it because just unlike I some
0: other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an <laughs> English accent.
1: Oh, my God. The best that when it began that way. OK, we're we're, we're getting off topic. <laughs> uh, OK, but look, no, th- we're going to need a bigger that... episode, sir. We're going to need a bigger episode.
0: Look, I'm glad that you did this because I don't think you did this on purpose. <laughs> but the fact that you brought up Men in Tights today at the time that we are recording this on Wednesday, uh, Richard Lewis passed away. And uh, oh no, Uh, Richard Lewis passed away at the age of 76. For anybody who is fans of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Richard Lewis was a big part of that. Um, and I he had been dealing with health problems with some time, but Richard Lewis was in uh, Robin hood men in tights. And the fact that you brought him up, uh, may he rest in peace. I want to pay tribute to the great Richard Lewis, because this is a line that I quote from Robin hood men in tights and not everybody gets it. So I'm curious if you will, Amy, I think you will, because you seem to have watched that movie a lot, but whenever somebody tries to point something that is obvious to me, I always respond to them with, I have a mole. Thank you. And for those of you listening to the audio, (laughs) Amy just acted the mole changing on Richard Lewis's face. So on the audio side, (laughs) on the audio side, I'm sure that played out really, really well.
1: Uh, I have a mole. The guy had a mole on any given point of his face at any time in that movie. So great. May he rest in peace. Um, Speaking uh, of tight.
0: Before, before we go there, I just, once again, just to wrap up, I'm going to let the, the listeners the subscribe, the, the viewers, you guys decide whether Amy should get a base running blunder on that. I think she's being too hard on herself. Make sure you comment on the YouTube or if you're listening on the audio portion, send us uh comments on social media, whether Amy deserves a base running blunder on that. I think I she's hear. being too hard for her. I, I would not give her that. I would not give her that air, but Let's go over to the update desk. Uh, This is the section here where we update stories that we've covered in the past. And I think we have an update on this uniform scandal that has now been going on for a while in spring training. Amy, what news do you have to, to tell us about the uniforms?
1: Like Paul Lucas from UniWatch um, has an update on uh basically the Royals have been working with Nike. So if you've seen their uniforms, a couple of their games were not televised yet, um, but someone, some of the games were recently televised, and you can see that they have the actual um larger numbers on the back of their uniform, larger name, um name inscription, full essentially the full size lettering. I three episodes in this week. I just I don't even have words anymore. Um, But a lot of things that that came out of that article was basically um, Lucas was summing up, uh, you know, is it as good as the old way? No, but it is. Is it better than other teams? For sure. So essentially they lobbied hard with Nike and they were able to retain at least the sizing of the letters, even though they still had to have, you know, moved it down for the the logo on the back. Um, what, What did you get from that article Juan?
0: Um, Look, for me, it just reassures that this is going to get resolved before the season started. Now, there was a picture that I saw on social media. I believe the Royals were playing the Mariners in that game, and the Mariners were wearing the new uniforms. So it had a real nice contrast between – you could see how the Royals had it on their back of their jersey compared to how the Mariners had it. But this is encouraging to me because this, again – I feel like this is all going to be resolved. If the Royals of all teams could go to major league baseball and Nike and say, fix this. And they were able, because honestly, if I wouldn't have read that story, if I would have just looked at the picture of the Royals Jersey, Amy, I would have thought there was nothing wrong that they were either wearing last year's Jersey. Like it looked normal to me. Uh, so Look, it's going to get fixed, but I just love that now this has become an ongoing story. And I'm sure UniWatch is loving this. This just completely just dropped into their lap. And they're like,
1: we have content now. We have content that we can deliver on a daily basis. It's interesting, though, because it sounds like they were working with Nike before this release. So if we're looking at it from an opening day, like kind of fixing it for everybody, It sounds like this wasn't, hey, they just started working with them now. It sounds like potentially this happened, you know, before spring training started and all of this this uniform fiasco happened. So I don't know what the turnaround looks like. If other teams now are finding out what the Royals did, how do they go about fixing this? Um, Because it sounds like they, from what the article said, the Royals got a waiver because they lobbied for it. The Cardinals also lobbied hard to keep the team's chain stitch chest script. So if other teams didn't, you know, put that much effort in this is kind of where we're at now um <clears throat> but basically I think towards the end of the article what I liked was they just called out the lack of communication like just explain what we're seeing like have Nike have MLB just communicate with everybody and I think the majority of this scandal this fiasco whatever's going on it's not as sensational if there's communication which I guess is a metaphor for life but we'll let that go um, but they ended the article and I just it made me laugh. And um, the the gentleman's name, again, Paul Lucas, he said, standing O for the Royals, peerless advocates of the name on the back integrity in the face of corporate standardization. And it just, I don't know, the just to end that way, it just gave me a giggle. But um, I mean, I guess there's hope if if the Royals can get um, full full size lettering on the back of their jerseys, you know, maybe at some point, if not by opening day, maybe the other 29 teams, you know, have something to look forward to. Yeah, that's another thing.
0: (laughs) Look, I I'm fully confident that this this is going to be resolved. I think this is a very encouraging story on all fronts, because first it, it shows that Nike's listening to the players in major league baseball is listening to the players. And what would really suck is if you had that Manfred still going out there saying, Hey, these uniforms are great. The players are going to love them. You know, it's not tone deaf. It's, it's, I, I just that exactly how you said it, Amy, it's just, they are listening. They are, you know, working together. This is going to get resolved by, by the time I believe opening day, Maybe not by the time when the Dodgers go to Korea, but definitely when it's opening day in the United States. I well, think this if, will be.
1: If not, then the Dodgers can take a page from Robin Hood men in tights. And, you know, we're men. We're men in tights. They
0: you wear those oh, oh. underneath
1: your pants. Oh, I see
0: what you did there, madam. <laughs> wow. Wow. You you deserve an applause for that, ladies tights. and gentlemen. Two shows <laughs> nightly at the Pacoima Hilton, everybody. Amy Cuevas. Amy Cuevas. That was, that was well played.
1: Remember to tip your server.
0: <laughs> well played. Uh, Amy, let's get to the game today. So, I mean, this has been a pretty exciting week uh, in spring training in the Cactus League because we had Shoten- uh, Shohei with his debut yesterday, and today Yamamoto makes his debut. So we had been hearing all these great things about from Dodger players about when Yamamoto was throwing bullpens and them sitting in the batter's box and just saying, oh, his stuff is filthy. So he pitched two innings and I mean, he, I I don't think you could have probably the only way he could have been better today is if he didn't give up a hit. I mean, the guy pitched two innings, struck out three. Uh, What, I mean, the guy, this is, this is crazy. 19 pitches, 16 of them for strikes. Amy, what did you see with Yamamoto today?
1: Like I had to rewind it and watch it twice. It was just, it was really great to see. I know this is probably me again, just sensationalizing it. Maybe that's, that's the theme of our episode. Um, But just the crack of the bat, like every time he pitched and when they did make contact, I don't know. It just, it felt like it sounded louder. Um, But even the one hit that you, that you mentioned that he got the, um, it was Carter who singled off of him. The next player hit into a double play and like inning ended. And he ended up, you know, two more strikeouts the next inning. Somebody else flew out, like super efficient, like way to, way to have a debut, like good job. Good job. Yamamoto.
0: I, you know, some of the, some of the things that I was really uh, impressed by watching him is and you're right about the sound uh, the ball coming off of the, the, those hitters bats. And I don't know if it's something about the acoustics in that stadium, because the Dodgers were playing at the Rangers home park in surprise. Arizona it's
1: Yamamoto let's pretend it's just Yamamoto <laughs> but,
0: but I I mean the way the movement on his fastball like seeing it and I know that Dave Roberts had said before that the thing that they had found most impressive about Yamamoto was his control and his ability to throw that fastball in all the different quadrants in the in the strike zone but you could just see uh in this game how just the, his fastball just had such a life to it. And the other thing that was just super impressive to me was, I, I mean, this is insane. It was 19 pitches and 16 for strikes. Like this guy was just up there and he worked so quickly. It was just fantastic to watch. Um, the other thing that impressed me was being able to see his lack of windup, so to speak, for him it seems like he just gets the ball and throws it and for him to have that much power behind behind his pitches without he didn't have he doesn't have a traditional windup i was very impressed with that now one of the things that was said on the broadcast that i know some people are starting to mention and that was rick munday had said Look, I, just I
1: know blotted that down.
0: <laughs> I, all right, l- I'll let you go with it. No, no, go no, no,
1: it. go, go for it. go for it. i'll I'll fill so, in. <laughs> so
0: Rick Monday had said that he knew what pitches Yamamoto was throwing. Now, he went ahead and clarified that the reason why he could see what pitches were coming was because when they went to that view from the center field camera, you were right behind Yamamoto. And the way he holds his glove, you could see how he was gripping the ball. So Monday was saying, you know, I know that now, of course, I think Monday was saying that because eventually if, and I get it, this was behind Yamamoto, but how much are hitters going to be able to pick up the grip from him when he holds his glove up? Like, is he going to be pitching, uh, tipping his pitches? I, I think that's where Rick Monday was going with that. So I know Rick Monday said uh, the Dodgers will go ahead and address it. If he was tipping his pitches today, um, it looks like his stuff is that good that there's nothing the Rangers could do about it. But I am curious to see now how he looks the second time around, because this was, you know, Bruce Bochi said this and that was like, this is the first time they're seeing him. Bruce Bochi was like, look, I get why they wanted to sign him. His stuff is great. Uh, I found that very interesting there with Yamamoto. What 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 else did you get, Amy?
1: Well, so when he brought that up, I was actually thinking like, okay, so is that they're going to have to address that at some point or figure out a way to at least change it up if they have a runner on second who can see that and then relay those pitches. Um But really, if they do start to tweak that, how does that affect his delivery? If there is like if that is how he's used to holding things and that is how he is effective, how do you change that without messing up all of the control that he has? Or do you just you know what? His stuff is going to have to be that good, but people are going to they're going to watch tape. They're going to prepare. So there's got to be a happy medium in there where we don't mess up his pitching form, but also don't give away those pitches behind him.
0: I mean, uh, it is true. Now, look, he is going into the major leagues, but he's had an ERA of under two in the Japanese league, and I'm sure he's been pitching like this. So maybe his stuff is just that good that even when hitters seem to know what's coming, they still can't. Because again, I can't lose sight of the fact of the life on his fastball. Like, and then the problem is, is a lot of the times the the I guess it's a splitter. I think is what he was throwing because you could
1: even see, you could see his hand in the glove holding the, like I could see his fingers on the threads, like just even from, and I'm, you know, I'm watching on my tablet, like while I'm on my lunch. So like you, you got, you got a lot of definition there from that camera. Because those
0: guys that he struck out with the splitter were just like, they looked like they had no clue what the hell they were swinging at. And, and just, I wish we could have seen the point of view from the catchers because to, I want to see where that pitch started when he released it. Because by the time it got to the plate, a lot of these pitches were almost on the ground. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that could have gone any better that outing with Yamamoto. And look, if this is what is in store for us, this is going to be huge for the Dodgers because the Dodgers need somebody like that. The Dodgers need somebody who is dominant and, and hopefully now this is going to be one of the things that I think we're going to see as the season progresses. And I want to hear your thoughts on this, Amy, because, you know, there was a lot of talk about a six man rotation because that's what they're used to in Japan up until this point, the Dodgers have said, they're not going to do a six man rotation. Right. But I'm curious as to how they are going to handle Yamamoto in terms of How far are they going to let him go into games? Like he only made 19 pitches. He pitched two innings and there was a part of me thought, are you going to let him go out for a third inning on his first outing in spring training? Because
1: actually said he was going to let him go a third, but Yamamoto was like, Nope, I feel good. I did my job. And he was like, he wasn't going to go out. So he could doc would have let him go another inning.
0: See, and so that's why I'm wondering as the season progresses because the Dodgers are so cognizant of the fact that you know they want guys to be fresh towards the end of the season. If he's pitching like this efficiently during the regular season, and do they let him go deeper into games? There was there was an article that was published today, but this is an old story because it goes back to Manfred was talking about this in October about reducing the number of Was it correct me if I'm wrong here, Amy? Was it the number of starting pitchers on a staff or just pitchers in general?
1: I think it was just lowering the maximum from 13 to 12. So
0: so going from 13 pitchers to 12 pitchers.
1: And of yeah, I'm, like, point- I'm like, we don't have that many starting pitchers. Like- <laughs> <laughs> you that, made me gonna- think it's, it's Wednesday, but it feels like it's later in the week. It's,
0: it was a base running. <laughs> bl- I just wanted to make sure how they were wording it, but you're right. It was mm-hmm. a total of you know 13 pitchers on uh, on the on, on the I roster. I think they
1: I think they worded it that way, but I think the intention is like 13 pitchers down to 12. So,
0: and the whole point of that is to try to get they want to incentivize or get these teams to allow their starters to go deeper into the game. I I mean, I think I've just gotten used to it now the way pitching rotated. Yeah. I would like to see, look, I subscribe to the old Aussie Guillen rule where you went to a starting pitcher and it's like, no matter what you're giving me six innings. And so if your bullpen only has to cover three, I think that's, that's a great situation. The fact that now sometimes you see starters barely get through five, look, I, I've kind of gotten used to it. But I mean, would you like to see starters go back and uh, go longer into games, Amy?
1: I think it's that's a that's a double edged sword. So sure, because that's what I'm used to, and that's what I know from watching baseball. They threw some stats out there that I think were interesting. So last year, um, MLB started starters averaged 15.4 outs and 85.1 pitches. In 2000, that was 17.8 and then 98.6 pitches. So you're going from 85 to 90 or from 98 to 85, you know, over, you know, what, what are we at? 24, 24 year span (laughs) math at the end of the day. Um, I think, I think we all want to see that. But I don't think that's the way the game's trending, because if you had people that were even going all the way through the game, look what happened to Sandy Koufax. He got overused. I mean, this was before you could do Tommy John surgery. Maybe he would have lasted longer in the league, but you're eventually going to wear people out. So if we are they're they're blaming it on the minors that we're not building players up enough so that even when they come up to the major leagues, some of them have never even thrown five innings. And so they're saying we need to build these guys up in the minors, but we're also limiting their pitches. I, I just I don't know if we're finding more things out health wise that, that this isn't the way, then maybe what we do is we build up the bullpen. We build up those pitchers for more than one inning. I think this is one of the ways where the game might be changing and it's not a hey, we hearken back to we need them to go to seven innings. We need them to throw you know a full game no, maybe, maybe we are learning health wise that they need to have less innings and we need to stretch out the bullpen. And that could be the direction it's going. I know for me, like just (laughs) nerd alert, pre nerd alert. Um, like I crochet. So like I crochet like blankets for my nieces hundred percent. I might, Hey, my Nana taught me how, but but I do that. And for me, even like my, my shoulder, my elbow starts to hurt. If I've been doing that a lot, that's crocheting. I'm not throwing a ball. I'm not on a mound. I'm not having to work out a lot. Like the, the fact that these guys are doing these repetitive movements, there's, there's gotta be some kind of a change, right? Like we can't just keep things the same just for the sake of keeping it the same.
0: Look, I hear you girl. I mean, I think I probably have a rotator cuff issue I don't think I need Tommy John, but I know this is from years. I would throw complete games back when we were playing wiffle ball as kids because, you know, we'd play double headers and I'd be throwing 18 innings a day on wiffle ball. And I know that that's the reason why my shoulder, uh, you know, anytime I hear a, I throw a ball, it, it's crazy. I hear a pop in my shoulder. And, th- and that's why I was forced to retire from uh, adult softball. So I, oh, I know this man. is bad at
1: times. Our legends go too soon. It's it's unfortunate. You and Sandy Koufax, man.
0: Oh, Amy, I love you as my partner. I love you as my partner.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll burn my candle for you later. It's it's fine. We'll magically heal it.
0: Uh, you know what was... The <laughs> other thing that I thought was really interesting was... Okay, so Shohei Otani did not play today. But he traveled to Surprise to support Surprise! Yama Hi-oh! <laughs> he he traveled to surprise uh, Arizona to see Yamamoto's debut. And I thought that was, uh, I thought that was great. And uh, that he was, because a lot of times, especially in spring training, if you're not playing, you're going to stay back and you're going to put in your work there at Camelback ranch. And the fact yeah, that
1: he said, he did it so that he could show support. Like, th- I think that goes back to what we've been talking about on previous episodes. though. like this team just gels, like how awesome is that? Like you said, I have my day off. I'm taking my day off, but he went all the way to another stadium another ballpark to, to go support his buddy. Like good for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I look, I, you would sit there. I, I think it's, that was huge of Otani to do that for Yamamoto, because I think we lose sight of the fact that Yamamoto is for the first time in his life, probably playing in a foreign country where he doesn't know the language still getting used to knowing his getting to know his teammates and for the only person that he's familiar with for Shohei to be there to maybe help him be a little more comfortable being that this is the first time he's going to be pitching not only for the team, but against, you know, major leaguers. I, 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 I raised my glass to Shohei like so far, like this guy is just, he's completely played it right. I mean, I I know there's haters out there. Uh, I know a lot of the Angel fans uh, were making comments and be like, especially with his first at bat, saying, "Get used to Shohei. This is that's what Ho- Shohei is in the clutch." And I'm just like, dude, you guys can't hurt us. We're Dodger fans.
1: He's I mean, he's just a class act like Yamamoto is great in his own right. He has his own accolades from his pitching in Japan. But I'm just I also try to put myself in his shoes, too. Like, he is amazing. He's just starting out here in the US. But like, as as far as everybody comparing Shohei to Babe Ruth, that's like Babe Ruth just showed up to your game to make sure you felt supported like that. That feels huge. Like, (laughs) I don't I wouldn't even know. Like, I would be like honored, but also a little wowed, like, okay, he came here to see me pitch, but like it's at the end of the day, it's just amazing. Like I I'm so, I'm just so proud of our team.
0: So uh, let's talk about some of the game action today. So the Dodgers actually lost the game. They lost their first spring training game today Uh, to the the reigning
1: world series champions.
0: Uh, The the pitching after Yamamoto left the game, the pitching just did not look uh, look the same, but I think the biggest headline coming out of this game was Max Muncy getting hit on the hand. Uh, Now he's not going to have x-rays until tomorrow. So right now they are just calling it a left-hand contusion. Uh, So that's a big fancy way of just saying he's got a bruise on his hand for now, but when, Guys get hit on the hand. It always makes me nervous. We think of JT
1: when he got hit on on the hand in that spring training game. Well, he got hit
0: on the wrist I in that Oh, that's right. It
1: was the wrist. It wasn't even the knuckles. Yeah. That one
0: just broke it. But, like, the hand injury that Miguel Vargas had last year, there is part of me that wonders. I look back there and I go, how much did that hand injury affect him throughout the season? Now – I mean, I don't know, Want to sit there and use that as an excuse? Because unfortunately, I'm rooting for Miguel Vargas, but he is just—he's—he's—he's he's, he's hitting under 200. He took the collar again today. Ah, uh, he's, and that—that's concerning to me only because I felt like this guy needed to get off to a hot start to have any chance to to be considered for the roster. Now I know the acquisition. Of, of Amy's boyfriend changes everything. Having Kike, um, and
1: not roll my eyes harder at you right now.
0: <laughs> but there was there's a part of me that thought, well, maybe they're really going to give him another chance in left field. But I, I I'm just uh, I I see I see him continue to struggle. And then the problem is the Dodgers start early. They're going to be leaving fairly. I mean, look, guys, March first is on Friday. And so they're going to be leaving to Korea in probably a little over two weeks because they have practice games in Korea before they start the series uh, against the Padres. So for me, it, it's just, uh, he doesn't have a lot of time. So he needed to get off to it. You know what kind of start he needed to get off to Amy? Andy he Pajes.
1: To- exactly. <laughs> or, or, a- or Jose Ramos. <laughs>
0: Amy knows how to transition. Tell us about Andy Pajes, Amy.
1: Well, let me pull up my scorecard and hope that I can make some sense. Of uh, it okay. Today. Now
0: that she mentioned the scorecard, let's, before you talk to me about Andy Pahis, can we talk about your meltdown day or is that too drastic to say it was no. a meltdown today?
1: Oh, it wasn't. It was a mini meltdown. I reined myself in, but as Juan has pointed out, I do like to keep score and alert. I, Man, I was dying. I must've sent Juan like 20 texts today as my brain was imploding because whoever was doing the scoring today, there were things that were happening that were not actually on the scorecard. At one point, um, when... A- a- Amy, let's
0: clarify. This was the scoring on the MLB app, right? The Game Day app, yes. Yeah, yes. Okay.
1: So uh, at one point, it said that... um I, I don't want to butcher his name. Is it—is it, is it Gauthier? Gauthier?
0: Okay, that might be a uh, base running error. I'm going to yeah. go with...
1: And Coutier. I can't find it on because my on it, my card because it's so scratched up. I think it's Gaudier.
0: we'll come back to
1: that. I'll we'll fix it next episode, I promise. Um well at one point he came in and he was hitting but they they were saying that Cody Hosey was hitting for him. And so <laughs> I'm watching the TV, I see Gaudier on on the that's going to bug me. I'm so sorry guys. Uh, but I, he's, you know, at one point he makes it to third base and I'm looking at the game day score thing and it's saying Hosey. And I'm like, that is, that is clearly not Hosey. So I have literally crossed everybody out. I was sending Juan. I was like, these are my receipts for what? I don't know. <laughs> Just to prove that I, I wasn't crazy because I, I literally use my scorecards for things that we talk about. I can see, you know, what Pajes did, you know, he had a home run, he tripled, he got on base and, and an error happened and he made it to second. Like, I can see all that stuff. And the fact that these names were getting subbed in at one point, Jose Ramos was subbed and switched out. He was batting in one spot and swapped to lower down in the line. Oh, you can see my my head exploding, but. I was able to rein myself in. Um, who knows? Maybe that person is a newer scorer. Maybe they're they're learning how to do it. Maybe they're dealing with the, the technology. Maybe the technology effed up. I'm trying to remember humanity and being compassionate for people. And we don't know what was going on on that side. All I know is my scorecard is effed. So I can have compassion and be frustrated at the same time. So give me a little grace with my my stats today.
0: Serenity now, everyone. Serenity Serenity. now.
1: Serenity now. So that's a little Um, glimpse into my brain when I'm scorekeeping and things go awry.
0: But going back to Andy Baez, I mean, the guy is hitting 400 in spring training. And look, we have been hearing his name for a couple of years now. But the injury really affected him. So far, it looks like he has recovered nicely from that shoulder injury.
1: Do you think he would be a viable option? I know, I, okay, I think he was playing in right field today. Again, he. <laughs> my card is all over the place. But do, do you think he would be a viable option in left at this point since we have Hayward and we have potentially Kike platooning over there? Like, do you think that would be an option for him to move over?
0: I don't think so. Uh, but you know what? The Dodgers have been they're known for moving people around the diamond. So if they like his bat, like if he keeps hitting the way he's hitting in spring, like for me, what's going to happen is he's going to be sent down to the minors to start the season. But I think he's going to probably be one of the first call ups. If anybody gets hurt, if anything goes wrong, Mm -hmm. I think he's probably going to be one of the first guys that we're going to see up there. Now what's going to happen is, is if he keeps hitting like that, they're going to find a way. If they sit there and they go, you know what? Left is the way to go. But I still think they're probably giving Vargas like I think they're secretly rooting, "Come on Vargas. You can do this." Like we're we're not necessarily We're not even hitting. a full
1: weekend to be fair. So, no. you know, he he might Thank need you. to warm up a little bit. I, I'm giving the score grace. We'll give Vargas a little grace, but to your point, like Pa has had a he had a great catch. I think it was in the in the bottom the bottom of the yeah. eighth, like he he's doing a stellar job, like he's doing all the right things. So to your point, he's probably guaranteed at least a call up at some point if we keep him or we don't trade him. Um If we see him earlier in the season, Vargas, here's to hoping that, you know, he finds his rhythm.
0: Yeah. Um, So I, to me, I think the big problem today was pitching. Uh, as I said, aside from Yamamoto, I, I want to focus on, um, well, before I go to the pitching side, I do just want to go ahead and thank you for reminding me, Amy. It was, it's still the first week of spring. People are still going over there. Um, Gavin Lux went over three today. I don't know if that's necessarily necessarily an area of concern. Um, but it's him still working his way. I think getting acclimated into actually playing games but on the pitching side yamamoto was fantastic now we saw evan phillips i believe correct me if i'm wrong here amy this was evan phillips first appearance of the spring correct or oh i'm wrong
1: no i'm not sure or... no no i'm i'm truly not sure um, we'll but he go looked back. good.
0: I mean, he he pitched one inning and struck out two. Like, he didn't give up anything. Uh, Someone so, you know, flew
1: out after they shattered their whole bat off. All they had just the bat handle in their hands. <laughs> they said the uh, umpires were still picking up splinters before they could continue with the at bat.
0: Exactly, uh, Brian. We saw Brian Braceur for the second time today. Uh, he pitched a scoreless inning. Uh, Daniel Hudson, who. And then check me on this one too, Amy. He signed a minor league contract, correct? I think
1: so, yes.
0: But I know there is this belief that he's going to make the roster. So I think the if he pitches well, he, he he's going to be one of those spots in the bullpen. And today, you know, he pitched two-thirds of an inning, struck out two. He, he gave up a hit. I'm curious to see how and he, he evolves.
1: Somebody. He walked yeah. somebody before they pulled him, yeah.
0: But I'm curious to see how he evolves, because there is this belief that even though he signed a minor league contract, that he's going to have a spot in in this bullpen once the season starts. Um, The what saddens me to say the the person that had a really rough day today was to be
1: fair, before you even say his name, Doc said he's fine. It was fine. So before we we catastrophize, go on, say what you were going to say.
0: Yes, uh Joe Kelly, Mariachi Joe, Mariachi Joe had had a rough He's outing one of my out
1: there. He's up there with Kike.
0: But can you clarify Amy why Robert said he was fine? Was there in a in a, a belief that perhaps maybe there was something physically wrong with Joe Kelly because I I think this was his first appearance, wasn't it in the spring?
1: It was his first appearance and I mean it was it was a little bit of a rough inning. Um they did score two in it. Uh You know, he started out, somebody ground out, um, then uh, I'm not even going to say the players names because at this point they moved around so much, but essentially somebody tripled. (laughs) I'm so frustrated. Um, Somebody tripled. There was an error that that error ended up coming back into score. Um, Somebody lined out though. So like there, there were moments, um, but I think there was also a wild pitch that brought in that first run. So again, I think it's just people getting getting used to to being back in the game. He I mean, he limited the damage to only two runs. He was still able to get out of the the inning, so, you know, not stellar, well, but not horrible.
0: This not only serves like a reminder to me, but this should serve as a reminder to everyone. I think we are so results driven that we expect everyone to have like an evening like Evan Phillips had today or or two innings like the way Yamamoto pitched when everyone, I think approaches spring training a little differently. I think some pitchers are more, they don't care about the results. They're really out there just working on whatever they need to, they feel they need to work on. This was Joe Kelly's first appearance out there. Uh, You mentioned it, you know, when Roberts was thinking of sending Yamamoto out for the third and Yamamoto was like, no, I'm done. I got everything I wanted to get done today uh, done. So, now this is just monitoring, uh, monitoring. You know, progress. This is still early, but again, I I can't just lose sight of the fact that the Dodgers are starting early, so it's gonna be.
1: They a are, of but time. we're we're still stretching them out though. Like if this was Joe Kelly's first time in, like. <sighs> I think even Freddie said it, there's only so much prep you can do on your own at home in your own facilities. And when you come in and you put the cleats on and you get out there and you're playing against people, you even said it yesterday with Shohei going to bat. Like it's one thing to take practice swings on one of the backfields. It's another to go up against pitching. They're being put in in a live, I mean, it is a spring training game, but a live game situation. So things are going to happen. Baseball is a game of failures. We need to remember that. Um, There even, we had a, like kind of a teachable moment on the field. One of the the Rangers was running around the bases. I hope I get his name right again. My scorecard is a mess, but I think it was Elier Hernandez. Um, He was running from first to second. He was kind of watching his pitch go. So he was watching like where the ball landed. He ran right into the first baseman who was also kind of watching. So he was an obstruction in that baseline. They awarded him third base because he probably would have tripled anyway, but because of that obstruction, the runner got to, to move over one. And again, a reminder to the first baseman, hey, you've got to be cognizant of what's going on around you, even if the ball is in play.
0: And that is a point of emphasis this year for Major League Baseball. They are they have said that they're going to look at this obstruction and mm-hmm. they're going to try to do a better job of enforcing that. Um Well, it has been, it's only Wednesday, but it has been uh, a very busy week in Dodger spring training. Um, That's going to do it so far for this episode. Amy, is there anything else? Any last words?
1: Got to give everybody some grace, even ourselves.
0: There you go. So again, those of you listening on the audio, please uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. On X, you can follow us at BB Shangri La on Instagram, uh Threads, Twitch at Baseball Shangri La, YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure that uh, you are leaving us comments, giving us feedback in terms of does Amy deserve that air? Like she I do. says, I she do. She says she says to give grace. It applies to you. Also, yeah, I, I biffed okay. it.
1: I can admit I biffed it, so we're good. We're good. But I, yeah, don't, I don't, you guys can feel free to weigh in.
0: <laughs> yes, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. So, <laughs> this has been another episode of Baseball Shangri LA. She is Amy Cuevas, and I am Juan Ramirez. A- Amy, say goodbye to the people.
1: Goodbye, people.